delving into stocks, property, bonds, economics, and more. This is the Stock Market Mentor Podcast. Taking an unconventional stance, we challenge the industry to help you protect your investments and empower you with the knowledge to become a savvy investor. We don't provide financial advice. Here's Steve Moriarty, Tom Hill, and Jacob Senior. All right, welcome back to another podcast uh, for the Stock Market Mentor. What we're going to be going through this afternoon, gentlemen, is skill versus luck. Excellent. How are we feeling? Good one. Yeah, I've, I'm all this, right. So this one, this one pops up a lot of. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested to get through it all. <laughs> Let's bag the experts. Let's get anyone right. We're back. Bloody experts. Don't know what they're talking about. We do though. <laughs> right, fire away, Tom. Yeah, look. So, look. The intention of this right is just to talk through skill versus luck. Um, you know, how much skill do you actually have to make money in the stock market, um, and what role does luck actually play? Yeah. Mm. I mean, like at the end of the day. We're not saying that it takes no skill. Blind Freddy's probably not going to come in here and start beating Warren Buffett. Um, but what we're saying is what level of skill do you actually need? Yeah. I mean, look, the things that we do know in the stock market, you can only do a couple of things. You can either buy, you can sell, yep. or you can sit on your hands. Mm. There's a lot of things we can't control. For example, we can't control the entire macro environment. We can't control what the billions of other traders are doing with the market. We can't control what companies are doing, what management of companies are doing, and we have absolutely no control over trade war, trade that's, wars. That's where the luck comes in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely stuff in our, in our control, though. So, you know, where we're at in the market cycle, for example, so we can make sense of the, the macro environment. Yeah. We can understand the pattern. So we know history doesn't repeat, but it definitely rhymes. Mm-hmm. So using that information, make better decisions. We can control. Yeah, I know. I didn't come up with it myself. <laughs> What's um, that? <laughs> look, we can come up with, you know, asset allocation. Like yeah, that's yeah. something we have control over, making sure we're not going all in on um, mining stocks, Jacob. Yeah. And, um, right. Penny pick, mining stocks. Pick, pick on me again today. <laughs> yeah. And are we buying, selling or waiting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good point. It's just, it's an interesting one because, it, you know, the, one of the previous um, podcasts we talked about stock picking and – that the natural link is, oh, this guy or this girl must know what they're doing, right? Because they're an expert. I mean, I've got a master's of finance, so yeah. I'm quote an expert. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm actually going to be one hundred percent right every well, time. Yeah, yeah, because there's a you know there's a lot of luck involved in the environment, and it's a lot different from you know like I don't know fixing a car or something. Yeah, well, that's fun. Fancy you saying that. I was just going to talk about fixing a car, Steve. Mustang boy. Um, I don't I'll bring those memories back. No, I think it is important to acknowledge the uh, people don't acknowledge how much luck is in this market because yeah, yeah. the experts want to be perceived as experts um, for the long term, right? So imagine you're, I mean, I, might ask, I can ask both of you a question. Go to a mechanic. You've got someone that you've been to every single year for the last ten years. They've done their trade. They've fixed your car every every year or whenever it needs a service for the last ten years. They've got this inherent trust between you and that person. However, when you're looking for a quote unquote investor expert, you Google. You can Google it, and then as soon as you start asking them questions like, "Well, have you beaten the market?" or "When was the last? Uh, how many years in a row have you beaten the market?" for example, and they can't answer you, or they yeah. give you very specific time frames, um, you start to ask yourself, "Well, is it something that can actually be? 
Is or did coming? they get lucky? Yeah. Rather than you know, yeah. like or, you just, or unlucky. Well, yeah. What you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what you were saying about car is, I was just thinking, you generally my car's not running to, right. You mm. take it to a mechanic, you jump in it, drive off. And you know it's fixed, yeah. There's no, that's skill, right? <laughs> There's a demonstration of skill right there. Yeah. But in the stock market or in, you know, property investing or anything, uh, any investment field, it's generally, you know, like you can buy a stock or an ETF or, or anything and it's not automatically like, oh, cool, you're, you're totally skilled because you made a lot of money. You've actually yeah. got to wait to see what the outcome is yeah. and then, as you guys know, you can be like, you can be up 100% in 12 months and think you're a genius yeah. and then, you know, lose yeah. 80% exactly. of it oh, in, within two years. And yeah. you have to go, well, hang on, was that good skill to start with? Yeah. But And like you say, then you got lucky, but then you got really unlucky and actually it sucks because you don't have any skill at all. Well, you wouldn't take your car to the mechanic if you said, oh, mate, there's a 50-50 chance of this going, if, is it, if, yeah. if, if you're driving down the road today. <laughs> uh, you'd be like, hold on a minute. Well, we might, we might I go check I'll, somebody else I'm out. I'm not paying you for or, that. But... Or it'll work for another six months, but then oh, it might break down again. Yeah, but yeah. You're going to be uh, – that sense of luck in, in investing is not given enough weight. Uh, and it's for a good reason, right? It's because people, the incentives behind it are to give you money to an investor. They jump in and do it for you. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Just put your money in the market. And all in the meantime, they're getting their fees. But um, you think you think about, uh, to me, there's obviously, I think you were saying before, Tom, or in the previous one, you are saying, you know, we're not saying there's no skill mm. involved. And it also reminds me of what, you know, Nassib Taleb said, Look, I'm not saying he wrote that fooled by randomness, right? Yeah. And everyone went running around going, the whole world's random, the whole world's random. And Great what he book, said well, was, look, it, what, it's not 100% random. We're just saying it's more random than you think. Yeah. And it, it, it ties into the market because it's future-oriented. You can be – I mean, even Warren Buffett has had some absolutely howling duds mm. of investments. And IBM is one that always comes to mind. You know, where if you listen to Warren Buffett, you'd sort of think, oh, well, this guy's got lots of skill and he still picks dud stocks. You know, mm-hmm. Charlie Munger, I think, said he's made most of his money in four stocks. Yeah. You know, so you you sort of go, that's a skill, but you also have to think, well, geez, he must have been, you know, he can have a good process. I'm not arguing there, and that's what I am arguing for. Yeah. But you'd also have to say... Well, geez, you know, he was he was pretty lucky yeah. um, that, that he held on. Place. Yeah, yeah, asset allocated right. Well, that's the thing, right? I can he- already hear people listening to this screaming, "Well, how the frick do we know if I'm being lucky or if I'm being skillful?" And I think it's worth just noting a couple of points where what are the controllable factors that determine skill, and what are the uncontrollable factors? To your point earlier, Tom, that um, determine luck. Um, and I think things, what you've just mentioned there, which is how, understanding how to asset allocate, Steve, um, understanding how to actually manage your psychology, what is risk aversion, yeah, yeah. all of those things. Um, if you're interested in actually becoming, uh, getting into the market and investing, what are the things that you can actually control? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. When you, Sorry, Tom, you go. No, I was just going to say, like, the key message is, right, we're not downplaying the role of skill, but yeah. how much skill do you actually need to make money from the market? Probably not. Well, we'd argue not much. Well, that's the thing. Like, I can tell you now, um, I've done just fine, and I don't know how to read a 
company report. But, well, in fact, I don't read company reports. Yeah, balance so sheets I'm and not stuff. Yeah, there, yeah. You know, living in the data. It's a matter of just you know taking a very high level ap- approach, understanding where the market is at a whole, asset allocation. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's an interesting point actually, because it, it even within yeah, like you say, you know, how do you measure skill? And uh, uh, you know, our argument is if, and this is what I say to people in the course, right? It's a bit like there's three main things: market cycles. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the first thing. If you buy at the top, I don't care how much skill you got, you're probably going to do money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and history bears that out, mm-hmm. right? The second part, and if, uh, alternatively, if you buy at the bottom of the market, then you'll do really well, mm-hmm. not because you're skilled, but it also because you just, you know, you're lucky. Like everyone who bought a house in the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, exactly, we're exactly. All Everybody thinks they're skilled at what they're doing. When it's, uh, I mean, John Kenneth Galbraith, the famous economist, said. Don't mistake, bull, uh, don't mistake genius for a bull market, mm. and that I think is what happens quite a lot. Not just in in stocks, but in property as well, where you basically buy because the bank gives you a loan. And I think we talked about this earlier on. You know, I had a mortgage broker who was signing up. You know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. So I was like, oh, this is really good. Prices were going up, so there wasn't. You know, I never sat down and went. Do I really know what I'm doing? Do I have any skill? I'm leveraged up to yeah, the Do I have any skill at this, you know? But it was – and that's what I mean. It was actually just luck, yeah. you know. But the hard – sorry, to get back to what you were saying, Tom, the question is how much skill do you need? Our argument is probably not much. But the other one is too, how much luck do you need? Yeah. And if you, if you say, Steve, I only buy when the Cape ratio is at 10 or, you know, I, I – I have a conservative asset allocation plan. I only buy the permanent portfolio, which is, you know, gold, um, cash, US stocks and US bonds. So you've got, you know, four asset classes and you rebalance. You look at that and say that doesn't require a lot of skill, mm. but you can still be quite successful. Which and indeed that's what we Well, that's probably, yeah, that's what we're arguing. If it's just, it always brings me back to golfers or tennis players and what you're saying about process yeah right because they they just they've hit 10 million forehands well they're probably going to hit a pretty good forehand yeah but like you were saying Tom they can control the racket speed their feet you know they can practice it a lot but you can study markets for a long time and still fail um, which reminds me Stanley Druckenmiller you know, wasn't in tech stocks, and he he sold out in I think it was September nineteen ninety nine, mm. and then couldn't bear it because they just kept going up. Jumped back in again, I think in two thousand, and then lost like <laughs> like I don't know, bloody three hundred million or something in the collapse of the. And he, Dot you know, yeah. you look at that guy, and he's done I think the other day thirty percent a year for thirty years. Yeah, since, right? but you can still you can still be really, really good and fail, whereas if you're fixing a car, you generally, you know, you drive it away and you go, yeah, that worked, Mm. right? So it's a really – but it's interesting what you say about process because it's a really, really important part of understanding how to invest and making sure that it's simple. It's not necessarily skill for – 90% 90% of people, it's actually they have a solid process. That's why they're, yeah. they're consistently performing. I think uh, uh, an interesting 
thought, maybe a thought-provoking question is, I wonder how much experts, how much impact experts actually have on somebody's long-term portfolio. portfolio. Because they, the data would suggest that it, I mean, since 2000, they've just been in a raging bull market. Since 2009, just been in a raging yeah, bull yeah. market. And then for the nine years before that, the, uh, any, you lost fifty percent. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> any uh, any old Joe could have could have taken somebody's portfolio as an expert yep. in the in the raging bull market, and the turkey can fly in a hurricane. And um, but I, like just while you guys were talking, it just got me thinking. I wonder how much real, genuine impact and decisions that the, those people make actually have on somebody's portfolio over the long term. Well, talk. It was again what we were talking about previously about stock picking. Yeah. Right, you can get and, and like we, I think we said before, if you get in a bull market, you can pick stocks that can do really, really well, not because of any skill, but simply because you're in a bull market. Yeah. yeah. Right. But nobody ever says, "Oh my God," you know. Like I became, lu- I was really lucky. I made lots of money. Everyone tells you about how bloody how clever they are. Yeah. Because um, no one wants to go, oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but I just got really lucky. You know, it's like winning the lottery and going, oh, yeah, I knew what I was doing. It's like, no, guys, someone just pulled your ticket. Yeah, that was numbers yeah. out. <laughs> so I suppose, um, I, I suppose what we're arguing for is, as you said, Tom, you know, skills necessary, but sort of how much do you need? But the hard part is how do you actually, how do you measure it? Yeah. That's that's why I argue that experience is more important. Yeah, it definitely is more important. You've got this, and the experience through the cycles and bad times, I yep. think, yep. add so much more value into somebody's um, arsenal. Well, that's I, why I'm saying if you focus on on not losing money, what we what we find is, and we talk this about market cycles, right? If you get the upside, you can get that via luck, but it's avoiding the downside that requires skill. Mm. And most people fail that because they don't understand the market cycles. And so, and and as we said before, if you've got experts managing your money and it's about investing through the whole cycle, then you'll always end up generally, or not always, but you end up mainly with the average return. Mm. And what we're saying is, look, you can get pretty close to buying at the bottom and selling at the top and still make make more money than holding through the cycle. And we're going to talk about that in future editions about compounding and how that actually works. But mm. it's, it's a, that's the point we talk about, you know, like we say, focus on not losing money because if you think about it, and I, I sort of mentioned this often to clients that if you bought in 1982 when the cake was at five to 2000, you made 16% a year. If you, if you said, okay, I'm holding, you know, I'm just going to hold through when you get to 2009, that's been melted away to 8% per year. Mm-hmm. Right. And where you, you look at that is a, what the performance of most fund managers is, yep. right? Or they uh, pick out a specific section of time yeah, between yeah. A, and, a and B that's and it looks perfect, really good. <laughs> the perfect amount of investing time and they've made 30% year on well, year. Well, that's what they're doing since March, right, 2009. It's crazy. Like, oh, you know, it, this, this bull market's like 500% or something. 
But the, He's the uh, like one more year and then what, what is it? <laughs> take it from 2007 yeah. and the returns are miserable. And it's, again, what we'll talk about later in the, the, the sequence of returns. Mm. You know, if you start at 100 and go to 50 in 12 months, it's a hell of a long way to get back to starting again. And that's what happens, you know, if you start in 2000, you lose 50% to 2003, so you've gone from 100 to 50, then it doubles from 03 to 07, which you you tend to sort of think, oh, man, that's fantastic. But if you started in 2000, you're just back to where you started, right? Now get this, 2007, you go, oh, fantastic, I'm back square, right? Then what happens? You lose 50% again, right, to 2009, Tom, what was that? Um, we're going to talk about crypto now for a, for a minute. Sorry, everyone over the age of fifty. <laughs> Thoughts impressed. But um, <laughs> what was that um, crypto we were in? It put like a couple hundred dollars in, and ended up going up to however many thousands. And we thought we were geniuses, and oh, we're we're super skilled in the market, and we know how to pick all these coins. Oh, I can't remember what it was called. Which one? Oh, there was a few, yeah. <laughs> but what, like dog, dog coin or? No, we weren't that dumb. Safe Moon or? Yeah, you know, it was one of those ridiculous. The whole market things. was going. The whole market was going crazy, and we. I mean, you tell the story. We just put some cash in. Next minute, we looked at the portfolio like, whoa, look at that! Why? Well, because it took off. It just went oh, crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but the good news is, like, now when that happens, because we put a little bit into Specky, as painful as it is. We take the profit off, absolutely, you know, or at least that's, the initial yeah. investment. Well, what's that process then? Yeah, oh, hundred percent. But that is like it's so everyone hard. underestimates yeah. how hard that is. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's selling a buying. I selling a winning stock is so hard because this is my own theory. You don't get bragging rights anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I, I did that with some stocks that I was up three, four hundred percent or something, and when I sold it because I'd sold the first tranche. First, and I'd bought them as they'd risen. My four hundred return was then about eighty or something, right? Eighty percent, which is still great. Yeah, but it's not dinner table. It's not hundred percent. But you can't. You really feel like, oh, you know, I, I bought ABC, you know, and I made. Uh, well, I've, I've only made eighty now, but I had made four hundred. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you feel like you really got to ram. Well, we were about. doing like thousands of percent. Oh, I remember yeah. Tom on the phone to me going. What the hell? What's going on? Like, where, have we cracked the market? We, we're going to be on our yachts next yeah, year. Yeah, and and then we sold half at the top. What? We actually made a good decision, but um, but that wasn't you guys. That was was, that's a perfect example yeah. of luck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now we know. At the time, we were, we were picking out golden crowns and stuff to wear. And yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was close to telling him I sold and and not selling. You know, <laughs> it's going off. No. Why? Because it went up. Because oh, it went no, up. So no, 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 no. thousands. It's probably going to go up another fifty. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, always do that fifty times. Yeah, yeah. But that's the hard. That's that in itself is a skill. That yeah, it is knowing, right? telling yourself, rebalancing, oh, so rebalancing. I I think asset allocation is quite easy because you can be more systematic. Whereas when you're rebalancing or you know selling out. That's the hardest decision mm. because it, it, like you say, Tom. Generally, if you're selling a stock that's rising, it's going to go up further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and in two trend. weeks' time, you're going to be looking at going. Oh, I knew I should have held on. Yeah, yeah. right. It, it's I do it myself. Even now, you know, it's like oh, all I do, and this is a, a hint. All I do is say, 
I add it and go, okay, so I would have made an extra, you know, two thousand or whatever. And which <laughs> That's makes, dangerous. But it makes <laughs> I wouldn't it, want to do that. But it puts it in perspective of saying, okay, well it's not like I missed out on, you know, Apple at five bucks, you yeah. know, and now it's hundred and forty or whatever. I'm just saying it 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 helps if you actually say, Well, it's an extra five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a lot. There's an interesting, I'm not sure if you read the book, um, Turtle, Tra- Turtle Trade Up with Bill Eckhart oh, yeah, and Richard yeah, yeah. Dennis. Yep, yep. And they actually put more into the market. Well, they, uh, first of all, understood um, what trend trading was. Yep. Um, but then each time there's a, and again, there's kind of two points here. It's understanding when to pick the market and when to get in the market yep. and what your niche is, which is in their point, trend trading. Yep. And the second point, which was follow the systematic process. So every time it upticked and cleared the last 20 days high, I think it was, they put, they actually put more money in, yeah, yeah. into the market so and follow the trend stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the wins were absolutely incredible, but then the losses and the drawdowns were also, I, I wouldn't have that headspace to be able to, Keep adding, 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 and as then, it falls, and then as no, no, as it goes up. Oh, but right. Then some black swan event happens, and it goes. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. Because because you're actually buying the stock price, and it's going up in value. Um, you uh, when it collapses, re- you just yeah. But that's so a, isn't that interesting. That's a a perfect example of skill. What you were saying before, Tom, about well, how much skill do you need? And that was the movie, you know, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that movie was based on turtle traders mm. because the argument was oh you can't teach these people to be successful traders exactly in a short space of time I think and or well, they just said anyway so bill so bill Eckhart said he was really he's a mathematician statistician said I, well, you can't teach people how to trade it's it's an inherent born with skill right okay. and richard dennis said that's a lot of nonsense i bet i can teach monkeys how to trade and so they put they actually put a um an article in the New York Times yep. over a couple of weeks and did interviews for people. Obviously, they weren't just going to take any old Joe, but they interviewed. They had people that were really, really smart doctors, and then they had people that were just general, um, everyday workers, working right. news agents and things, and they, every single one of them learned how to trade. And they, it was actually quite often the people that followed the process that didn't overthink things that worked in, a I don't know, a random news agents yep. that actually ended up becoming millionaires and fund managers that consistently right. won. So Because I think it's – it, but it's true what you say about the systematic process and one of the skills, again, is – which I try to teach people in the course is about the like controlling your emotions, mm. and it's actually a, it's actually a better skill than reading, being able to interpret you know twenty five balance sheets or you know whatever that that really difficult stuff. If and Warren Buffett said, if you can't manage your emotions, you won't be able to manage your portfolio, yeah. and it's so true because just on that turtle traders stuff, the guy said. Don't overthink it. Yep. If it says sell, you sell. Yep. If it says buy, you buy. Mm. That's it. Just follow the signals. Yep. But again, it's really hard to do. Oh, I tried it myself right? for like 12 months. It's the most crippling thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just goes to show like they took a group of people, right, when they ran that experiment. They didn't all get the same results, but no. they had the same set of rules. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As human but that's But that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the emotional stuff involved. But – well, one thing, did they all buy the same stocks? Or? They, all, they all had the same signals, same stocks. Everything was the same. Right. Um, and So there's no luck involved as in, well, 
you you know no, well, you got that, lucky by buying ABC exactly. instead of been XYZ or something. Yeah, I remember as I remember the story. Like they didn't fo- like the things that people wouldn't um, follow is the strategy mainly around the asset allocation. So if they like had a gut feeling that even though technically the trade was there, then they wouldn't put the full amount right in. Yeah, so they okay. out on the So they're using their emotions or subjectivity. But that really yeah. applies to the market too, right? So yeah, when it's absolutely. really cheap, it's really hard to buy. Yep, and that's when you need to do it. And when it's and really it sounds easy, yeah, it it, it it sounds really easy. When the market's really expensive, that's when you need to take some profits off the yep, table. So it's fascinating. That's, what, that's why I, I prefer buying ETFs and sectors, mm. particularly sectors. Um, it, I, I have country strategies hell, it, as part of the Well2 program, but sectors as well. Mm. Sectors doesn't perform as well, but I, I just feel so much comf- more comfortable buying like um, – the you know XLE or buying the consumer discretionaries or yeah. something yeah. Uh, when they're cheap because I I just think to myself well they'll probably be all right mm. whereas if you go to a if you if you look at skill and like we were talking about previously about stock picking it's just like you, you do look at it and go oh that's just a nightmare yeah like it I mean I just think it's so much easier to buy a country an index. Um, a sector ETF or something like that mm. when it's cheap, even if it's over a company that's cheap. Yeah. So going back to the, the purpose of these, which is a skill theory incentives, yep. oh, sorry, time theory incentives yep. in the market, um, I think the theory behind it is – that the industry is saying buy stocks and hold it. You, you've got to go to you got to do well, the research, get your skills, get your master's degree, whatever it is. Read the balance sheets, and um, what we're saying is actually there's a there's a bigger picture way to look at these things, and there is a process and a system yes. which is the real skill um, that you should actually invest your time in first. Yeah, and pl- and please acknowledge the fact that there is, is an inordinate amount of luck in this game, and you're not a genius. Most of the time, well, most people <laughs> most people fail not because they can't understand the you know. For example, we have eight principles. It's not because they go, oh, I don't understand all those principles. It's because they don't understand themselves, mm. right? And um, you know, the all the ancient philosophy is know thyself. And I think I wrote in the first book with um, low rates, high returns. That you know, someone said, you know, if you don't know yourself, the stock market's an expensive place to find out. Yeah, you right? find out quickly as well. <laughs> well it's, and, and it's painful, yeah. but it's actually true. And that's what you were saying before is so important. If you, you know, even if you are a know nothing turtle trader, if you stick to the system, and it's just you know it works. Well, that's all you've got to do. But it's yeah. so funny because you also, you know. You can look at you can sort of look at it and go, man, I'm going to kill this, you know, because uh, you know I I absolutely get how this works. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually invest your real money, it completely changes yeah, yeah. the whole vibe. Of like, oh, I'm not too sure at the moment. <laughs> so, what are the um, what are the incentives on this topic then? Skill versus like, what do you think that comes? Well, in? I, I, money to be made over complicating it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Get the experts yeah. to do it. Yeah, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't be as skilled as you know that fund manager. He must know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, and he can probably do a lot of things better than we can. But what I'm saying, you don't need a seven year degree necessarily. Yeah, um, to be good at this. Well, uh, because of the luck involved. Correct. Mm. 
Yeah. So, um, so where? Do, how do we finish this one up? What do we? What do you sort of think? What have I got here? I've got here some skill helps, but for most of us, it's simply a matter of seeing what delivers results. Is what we argue, which is market timing or yeah, market playing, cycles, playing the odds, right? Survival, which we're going to talk about further on, but that's a really big one. Um, but again, when we talk about you know the where where do the big hits come from, as in the big winners, and it's essentially using things like CAPE, the cyclically adjusted price earnings ratio, or the earnings yield. Mm. If, and even even looking at those two will make you a better investor than probably probably 85% of fund managers. Yeah. We don't, they don't beat the market. So when we when we sort of look at it in from that perspective, it's we're sort of saying to people, look, you don't, you know, you don't have to be that skilled. You don't have to read a thousand books about valuation, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. You can actually have a really simple portfolio, which is what I show people in well three mm. in terms of their um, superannuation. Because you've got all these ETFs now that, you know, 50 years ago you didn't have. Mm. And so you had to go to the industry to actually invest your money, whereas now you can do it yourself. But the industry is so much more slicker now in their marketing about how to how to tap into people, you know, to sort of to, to sell their skill. Yeah. But I think as we said in a previous episode – if, if you said, oh, mate, you know, ha- tell me how many winners you've had, and they said, well, you know, uh, 85 Four out of 10. Well, <laughs> yeah, but 80, 85% of us <laughs> don't beat the Quarter, market. Caught a fish this big last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no money to be made in your fund manager saying, oh, you know what, just wait five years. They've got no no yeah, asset, yeah, yeah. no assets under management for five years, and they'll they're not going to go they're not going to go fishing. So they always constantly wanted to make to make this money, and they're not going to tell you just hold on. It's like a it's like going to a barber, and I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast. Is like going to a barber and saying, and they're saying, "Oh no, mate, you don't need a haircut today." Yeah, yeah. It, but it's so well. It, it, it the argument I made earlier on, I think in low rates, high returns, was they make money from getting assets under management, right? Funds under management. That's why they're all mad dog and about trying to get money mm. because the money is not in their stock selections. The money is actually made in the fees. Exactly, yeah. And that's where you look at it and say, well, if they if they said, look, Steve, you know, the average return is eight and we've done 11 for the last 40 years, you go, okay, these guys are really onto something. Mm. If they said we've done 11, like a lot of them have, in the last 10 years, you go, well, okay, but – so is the index, mm. i.e., well, you guys haven't got any skill because the market's made 11%. Mm. So you've got to look at it over the longer term. But then, as I said before, you tend to sort of think, oh, they must know what they're doing because they've got a big house and, you know, Mercedes and all that sort of stuff. But that's come from actually fees under, under management, mm. not from actually saying – I'm a successful stock picker. And like we talked about in stock picking, in, in, in picking individual stocks, you've got to really, you know, you've got to have some sort of special talent. Mm. Um, but what we're saying is you don't need that much skill like Buffett with his four filters or someone saying, listen, mate, market cycles, asset allocation, rebalancing, mm. get those three, you'll probably not over 95% of 
you know, investors. Yeah, and what's uh, and the four filters are what a, a process. It's a system. Yeah, yeah, and it's really it's really quite simple. But the 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 thing is, in my mind, we associate that is all skill rather than saying, well, there's a whole lot of luck about, mm. you know, getting in at the bottom of the market, um, you know, selling out by accident at the top or those sorts of things where we tend to think you've got to be, you know, you've got to be really skilled in some area Yeah. where in actual fact I don't think it is. But mm. anyway, um, look, let's leave it there. Um, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks, yeah, gentlemen. Pleasure. That was a good one. Thank Go you. Go and read Turtle Traders. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. That's it for another episode of Stock Market Mentor. We hope you have enjoyed the show. And if you have any questions about the episode or want to discuss how we can help you become a better investor, please feel free to contact us at support at stockmarketmentor.com.au. We'll see you next time.